0: ma
1: It's time to grind through to the weekend, because it's already the end of the week. It's the Grinding Gear Podcast. I am Garrett Weinzerl, and sitting on the other end of a series of tubes is Kyle Ferguson. (laughs) Hello! How you doing, dude? It's a
0: pleasure to be here. I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm I'm properly, yeah, I'm properly Friday'd all around here. I'm excited Mm. to talk about this steaming a pile of something news uh, it's, it's going to be a good show it's going to be
1: good <laughs> we got it's it's going to be a pretty uh, uh, uh chill day cold day get your jackets out where there's a blizzard in town oh,
0: oh wow okay go in there nice,
1: nice well we're gonna talk about diablo 4 we're gonna talk about okay. that unhinged kotick interview
0: i take offense to that i am called unhinged
1: constantly you are unhinged constantly. choose a
0: different word sir
1: listen there's there's a great the, 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 unhinged has its own alignment chart kyle there's unhinged and then there's a grid beneath it with <laughs> well, your say, alignment.
0: What am I, like, am I chaotic good unhinged at least like,
1: can I be chaotic good? Yeah. It's, 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 I, it's like saying someone's violent. You know what? Superman's violent and he saves people all the time. Okay. All right. It's probably a, so, extreme examples. So we're talking about, uh, well, I guess
0: unhinged because the hinge would be the, 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 the chaotic or the lawful part. So we're talking about evil unhinged and I'm good unhinged. At the very least, I'm
1: neutral unhinged. You're neutral unhinged, yeah. Okay, I'd, I'd say you're yeah. neutral. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you are kind of chaotic unhinged, though. At times, times. at times. Yeah. If you, if anyone tuned into our wall of waifus we did last week, uh, I wasn't prepared for you.
0: <laughs> I would say I'm lawful chaotic. Because okay. I put a lot of work into preparing. Uh, <laughs> I don't rehearse my unhingedness, but, you know, there's a lot of background work. I DM, you know, I you, DM. You think I to DM. yourself,
1: how, how, how can I make this more fun?
0: That, but yes, that, you know, the secret behind the curtain. Yes, I do like to have fun at times. I think often of the uh, the John Cleese uh, sketch from what well, must have been the 70s, where, where he goes off about how everyone hates moderates and i think that is slightly true and i often find myself playing a doing participating in a balance act and anytime anything is too far one way i go well well hang on hang on hang on now but sometimes you need to let things be unbalanced and just report on how terribly imbalanced or chaotic evil they might be
1: how things may make you feel which speaking of yes. how we feel i've been sick this week which is why we're recording on friday mm. i spent my long weekend in orlando and so kyle i present to you the choose your garrett adventure wheel once again <laughs> okay i can talk to you about not feeling so great i can talk to you about going to a professional car drifting competition or i can talk to you about my day at epcot
0: Oh, I want to hear about the cars. Like, what, what What? They, they, they raced. They went in circles. They don't what? It's like, it's
1: technically not a race. Cause it's not about who goes over the line first. So, uh, if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you're like, what? what drifting like Tokyo drift? Yes. Oh, my sunglasses that are on my head just fell.
0: Is it, um, uh, like a dressage? It's about like,
1: what is it? Dressage
0: car- Dressage is when you put on the fancy clothes and fancy hat and you kind of bounce in the chair when you're doing horse riding. And it's more about like being fancy and the horse is fancy and you're fancy I mean, and you're not.
1: I guess you could kind of say that I frequently attribute it to uh, ice skating because it's judged. They have three judges so that it can't end in a tie. And then they, they judge how well they drifted based on line through the course which is like you were to trace a line like how you use the course because like the road is wider than the car so how much to the left of the road or how much to the right of the road or how much of the middle you oh, eventually sure, sure. come up with something called a racing line and if you play racing games you're already aware of this they judge it on line they judge it on speed and they judge it on angle so since it is drifting like the angle of the car like how much is the car turned but still moving forward sideways okay okay um, But then also speed, because you can drift slowly, you can drift fast. It's more impressive if if you have a lot of angle while going fast, as opposed to a lot of angle while going slow, because having a lot of angle tends to scrub speed from the vehicle. So all of these factors come into account, and a two go at a time. And so one lead, one chases, and then they come back to the start line, they swap. Whoever chased now leads, and whoever led first then chases. And they're also, if you're in the chase, proximity is considered in the judging. So if you can stay really, really close to the lead driver without running your car into them and trashing their vehicle, uh, that's very good for you. Interesting. So it's like
0: they found a way to run more than one person on the course at once, and then they kind of added to the
1: point. Value. Well, it's, it's, it's called Tandem. Uh, if you've seen Initial D, it's literally in the anime. Like they tandem in Initial D. Oh,
0: but they're racing, right? They're they're like actually racing
1: yeah, in Sort of, D. kind of, but they're still doing two at only two cars at a time. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of pretty accurate representations of what we would call like good proximity in Initial D, which is where the, the tr- car behind gets very, very close to the car in front, and they're both drifting at the same time. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, in the States, we have Formula Drift, um, actually in Japan, they also have formula drift There's formula drift. Japan There's also formula drift, uh, America, which is what we go to every year. And they, they come through once a year to Orlando and that's where we went on uh, Saturday. We've been going every year that they've had it since 2016. Uh, they didn't have it in 2020, but, uh, it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Kyle, I waited in the longest dead stop traffic I have ever experienced. And I lived in Los Angeles for almost two years. Sweet. So had, well, you got to enjoy
0: your car then, right? It's all about being in the car. It's about enjoying think, your car. Kyle,
1: you would think, <laughs> but at a certain point when you're not moving, you're not really enjoying the car anymore. Yeah,
0: that's fair. Yeah. That's fair.
1: Yeah, it, it was rough. It was, they had like three people total doing the uh, pay for parking situation, and it was, it was backed up for almost two miles. Dead stop. So it took me like an hour, a mile to get into the damn place. At one point, I just got out of the car and was like, Hey, Katie, just keep inching the car forward. I'm gonna go use the restroom in that gas station. And I just walked through traffic into a gas station, bought Doritos, and came back out <laughs> after using the restroom. Wow, nice. That's how bad it was. And she had only But you moved. bought the
0: Doritos and I respect that. Yeah. I respect Yeah, you, yeah I was you know, I was walking through and
1: I was like, This is just hell. What would make me happy? And I just, you know, I saw the unnaturally red bag. Yeah, classic uh, nacho cheese Doritos. They didn't have yeah. uh, they didn't have spicy nacho, which is my preferred Dorito. But
0: uh, my my son tried to well, he he succeeded. You know, I'm not going to tell him no because he doesn't have the experience. But he went for the paw shaped uh, Cheetos the other day, and I I do not like the paw shapes.
1: I don't either. Bad. I was really into them as a kid though, so I I feel that I, yeah,
0: fun shape. I, I love uh, like wacky shaped pasta. I think wheels are the best pasta ever, and You've I think brought that up before.
1: And 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 I I think I classified that as your single most unhinged opinion. Surely not.
0: I'm surely I've had. It's just wheels. The cheese gets it's caught in, just, the the so in the wheels and
1: the sauce is in the wheels. It's so bizarre. We've, I know we've had this conversation. I don't think we've ever had it on a podcast, but <laughs> I, I think I agree with you. Cause I know, I know where your head's at. You're like, well, it's got the openings with the crisp yeah, crosses, get, exactly. So it's a good vessel for a sauce and you're not <laughs> wrong. It's a bad vessel for choosing the amount of pasta in your bite. Cause you can't wrap it around the fork while also getting whatever protein you added to your pasta.
0: Well, yeah, you won't get the toppings, but well, no, you can because you go through the wheel. The fork, it doesn't pierce it. You don't stab it. You go through the wheel and you can stack like up to four wheels on a single skewer. That because, to fork. me, that
1: becomes too, it's like the pasta is too uniform. It, it'd be like if I could, if I could magically get all my spaghetti in a line next to each other, as opposed to a big, uh, you know, knotted mess, which I prefer. I, I, it's too uniform. It's weird. It's like biting into a Slim Jim of pasta when you stack the wheels that way. That, that that's acceptable <laughs>
0: it's a vessel also uh you know props to me i am now what uh would that be like 33 days gluten-free and i'm doing great i'm down eight pounds from the holidays so i'm not you know i'm i'm, I'm oh. a little hungry for some pasta oh
1: dude can we can we share weight w's because i finally yeah. got below the my floor like i i um so I got up to like 185 over the holidays and I got down to 175. I wanted to get to 170 cuz that's just like my high school early college weight and I haven't been there since then. Uh I was stuck at 175 for like 3 months, dude. And hey, How tall are you? I'm one.
0: Oh, that's pretty that's pretty that's a big goal. 170. I'm, I'm feeling and
1: pretty good about it. I still yeah. I still have a bit of a gut, you know, I, and and uh I live in Florida. I take my shirt off a lot. So I've been trying to make it look a little better. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I finally got below it. I finally have moved below 175. I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, I've been been running the whole time, but I, I feel like my body finally was just like, fine, we will drop weight. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't been going crap. I'm not doing, I'm, I, I, I'm not doing like you. I, I can't live. I can't live without, uh, without gluten in my life. But, uh, mm. Yeah, I've, been, I've been trying, I've been trying, but just watching my calories and going for runs. That's pretty much all I've been doing. and It's been working pretty well.
0: It's just so easy because you're like, oh man, I could really go for some bread. Well, let me, t- let me think about getting some gluten-free bread for the sandwich, like three times the cost. And You just go, you know what? Mm. Diet's still on. I'm good. <laughs> it's, you almost feel rewarded for not eating the gluten at the end of the day. It's not a dietary restriction. It's merely like, it just, it makes dieting so easy for mm. me. I feel that.
1: I feel that. And uh I gotta say, all the you know, uh it, dieting is also easier when I can afford these damn organic foods that don't have corn syrup in them. So thank you mm. for the support over at SupportOurbromance.com. Ooh. Well done. Uh is it like seriously, shit, freaking eating healthy, not cheap. Not cheap at all. Started doing one meatless meal a, a week, and I'm just like I have to put so many vegetables in there to feel full. Holy crap, I'm buying so many veggies. Uh, anyways. We really appreciate the support <laughs> everybody. Thank you for heading over to our Patreon, which you can get by going to supportourbromance.com. And no matter what level you sign up for, we do have perks for every level, but no matter what level you sign up for, you're going to get access to our members only channels in our discord and all of our bonus content, uh, podcasts, videos, behind the scenes, spoiler casts, all of that stuff will be yours when you sign up over on our Patreon. Or if you become a YouTube member, both help us out. We tell you, choose your own adventure. Do you re- would you rather have the the YouTube perks? Or would you rather have the Patreon perks? Both good. Check it out. Support our dot com, and uh, don't hear this ad next time. Although some people tell me they like these ads, but I don't think this one was oh. that funny. So you know, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna it's dig all, on myself.
0: All, yeah, yeah. This is all. Uh, this whole thing is basically the the garlic bread on the table. Like uh, you know, we've all sat down in the restaurant. We don't know if it's gonna be good or not but there's garlic bread, so we're all pretty happy. Now we get to when the order starts taking a little bit. Now we get to see, you know, oh, the, the server's like messing up, like what the hell's going on? Like,
1: let's get into the news, shall we? Good, 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 good. Oh, great news, everyone. Job it. Diablo 4 is out. If you paid Sugar. extra money, <laughs> fast pass, fast pass. Yes. If you got your Diablo <sighs> four fast pass, uh, your boarding group is now available. Can you mm. tell I waited in line for some shit at Epcot over the weekend? Can you tell? And, but do they still do the genie genie? It's well, it's lightning lane. Oh, a- the genie is like an AI. It's kind of like a, a, uh covering up my phone, a Siri for Disney. Okay. okay. Um, I gotcha. it'll it'll it, it it like if you go into your account and it knows what park you're going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's going. Yeah, on like there.
0: it breaks down your day.
1: Yeah, yeah, but Diablo Four is now in early access. They're calling it early access, right? Which I think is odd because it makes me think of like an early access game on Steam, which this really isn't. It's like early release, right, of the retail game. If you
0: pre-buy the Ultimate or Deluxe Edition. You get, and it said on the website for quite a while, up to five days of play before everybody else. And that's
1: what's going on. They're giving themselves a little wiggle room. If they're like, oh, we got big server problems, we got to push it a day. So you might get four days, you might get three, but they are getting a full five, yeah? uh,
0: Up to four days is actually the text on end. Yeah, so they're getting it all. They were able to get it out. The launch has been very smooth. But, of course, just like Disney, if you do a hotel on property, you get to go into a park early. Like... That's what this is. The launch is smooth. And in that way, they have divvied up their audience and allowed a sort of flow to maybe help the servers. And that could be seen as a good thing. Like the seesaw on this particular topic is going to be insane because there are many, many things that Diablo's doing and things around this Diablo sphere that you can isolate down and like take it their own merit and be like, wow, that's great. And then you can pontificate upon it and doom and gloom all you want. And obviously a lot of the internet is enjoying the doom and gloom and the drama of it.
1: I, I, man, I feel like at least my, my Twitter feed is like 50, 50. It's some, a lot of folks, Eagle parts folks, not so sure about Diablo four. And a lot of folks that seem to genuinely be enjoying it.
0: Uh, yes. Well, and it. my, my uh, Twitter is mostly X hears of the storm devs and they are now Diablo devs. Yep. And they are being insulated, which I think is very, very healthy for them. Yeah, you know, don't read reviews of your play. Don't read reviews online. And maybe don't read too many YouTube comments. Right? Like it's it's all you have to meter yourself, and it's up to the individual, but also the company to you know uh, support the healthy psychology of their workers. And you know, there's also hilarious stuff going down right now, like people seeing a picture of the Diablo release party where Lilith descended from the heavens with a giant pantogram on the uh, floor and, and you know, Midwesterners losing their minds because they got a KFC with a, with the devil on it. And how could this be? And life is falling apart. And those are quite funny. Like, I find that quite hilarious. <laughs> All
1: right. I can't be the only one that listen, grew up in the nineties. You grew up in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a question. I know you did. And if you forgot, I'm informing you. Um, Kyle, I assumed we would have been done with this nonsense by now. We were a little oh, late for the satanic yeah. panic. Now, mm-hmm. you know, we were a little late for that. We were a little young for the, the anti D and D movement of the eighties. Um, uh, but we were very much alive and well for, uh, anti-mortal combat, violence, uh, anti vulgar lyrics in music and the parental advisory sticker And Marilyn Manson just blaming everything on freaking Marilyn Manson and Eminem. And I remember being a kid being like, parents, so do not freaking get this. I can't wait until my generation are adults so we can move past this dumbassery. And yet here we are. We are very much firmly now in the cross-section of people that are adults. And we're still clutching pearls because something looked satanic on my KFC bucket.
0: It's weird to me, but I participated in high fantasy, sci-fis, video games, tabletops. Like, obviously, you know, to them, I might be conditioned or, you know, I've been brainwashed, right? And to me, I'm just like, this is entertainment in life, and I can distinct reality from uh, fantasy. But it is, you know, it's amusing to see, and it gives me perspective on all the different takes being taken around Diablo. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it
1: never changes, Kyle. It never changes.
0: Nope, nope. Yeah, the Satanic Panic is a, it, it will always be a thing.
1: It will always be a thing. <laughs> satanic Panic. Satanic Panic never changes. Nope, nope, never does. But there were some issues with the Diablo Four early launch uh there seems to be connection issues kind of all over the place you know a smattering of it for some players uh some desktop players were having issues getting into battle net at least yesterday i saw a lot of reports about that uh but the big one appears to be ps5 and ps4 players just sony players in general uh seem to be having the most issues and still appear to be having those issues um sony players are getting licensing errors on consoles and some kind of message that comes out it's like yo, oh, you don't have a license for this it's like but but i do i own the game. And I even saw a few Xbox reports yesterday as well. Uh, but there's a great way to get around this licensing error, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Garrett? Paying more money. For some people.
0: You just, like, make any purchase in the PlayStation Network store and it, like, refreshes your key or something
1: like that? Yes. Apparently making another purchase on PSN uh, essentially tricks the console into, uh, uh, as Eurogamer put it, remembering a valid license. Mm, but there's well, also a free workaround for this, because apparently it also works if you just like download a random free game, which oh. like I always have random free games I can download on the PlayStation because I'm a PS Plus member. I usually avoid it because it's usually crap games, in my opinion, <laughs> but or something I really you? own. What was that? How dare you? How, da- how dare I? How dare Fall Guys is a piece of art. <laughs> That's one I grabbed <laughs> Mike, don't the sunglasses <laughs> keeps falling off my head? That's one I grab. But most of the times like this, I've never heard of this, and no interest, or I already own this. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently that is uh, has been the workaround, and we've gotten now two updates. When I checked an hour before we sat down here to record, from the community manager for Diablo Pez Radar, uh, saying last night, hey. We're aware. And then a second update that said Sony is also aware and is looking at looking at things on their end because it seems like it's uh, maybe a, a peanut butter and my chocolate of a bug between whatever's going on with the Apple four and whatever's going on with PSN.
0: That's, it's frankly, that's hilarious. Absolutely. Your worst audience to uh, upset.
1: Right. Right. We were talking about this last night on stream and, and, and I, I, I such a good take from you, which is the, the people who paid extra to play early are the last people you really want to piss off.
0: Well, I'm also I'm going a little further saying uh, Sony people like you got a lot of Final Fantasy fans who are now big Sony fans hate Blizzard. Absolutely have found uh, refuge in Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. And here they are going, look at Blizzard! Look at them! Just screwing it up all over again. Anti-Sony practices. I can't believe this. At the same exact time, you know, today, like you have a bunch of drama constantly going on with Final Fantasy 16 You know, there th- threats of that nobody's hype for it. People insulting Yoshi P directly. All this sort of stuff in the background.
1: That, 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 is, that is such... Like uh, angry individuals in a comment section. Absolutely, BS. and I know so many people that are frothing at the mouth for Final Fantasy 16, and I think to categorize it any other way is wildly disingenuous.
0: Well, it's also like there's there's no hype because there is hype in a kind of way. Like if nobody's concerned about that game not working, not being what they want. Like there are those who have made articles and stuff like the game has an in-game codex because don't, the devs don't even know what the hell's going to happen in there. Players are going to constantly have to check the codex to even know what's going on. Uh, modern games have codexes. Like you, 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 you just wrote Kotaku 40 articles about how great Tears of Kingdom is. And that thing has a codex. So that you can track all the big happenings with the characters in the Zelda game, right? Like, really going to blow your mind. It's really going to be complicated what they're up
1: to. Also, like, I I don't, I, to me, Final Fantasy has always been a little convoluted. Like, that's not new to True. me. Like, yeah. why are we making a big deal out of it now? Almost like Puppy. you needed something to write about.
0: Well, in the turn-based thing, right, right, you know the news cycle and drama and all that. So, but it it does amuse me. Like, obviously, if I was trying to play on PlayStation, I'd be quite upset about it. And hearing that the money grubbing company that I have since left and giving this one more chance to is able to unlock my key if I pay a little more, it's a good storyline. It it matches with the the threads you want to put together in
1: your head. Yeah. Yeah, we're, it's 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 strange. I feel like we're we're sitting like in an embarrassment of riches with games right now. There's so many good games coming out this year. 2023 is looking to be a banner year for video games. Finally. Yeah, finally. Uh yes. No, yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. We've been in a in a friggin' uh, drought since the pandemic.
0: Well, and just like and the the weird releases throughout the beginning of the year with all the bugs and the bad ports and everything like that. Like, well, that, to like, me, like, I look like at that and that's now. Ran.
1: Like, like I'm still I'm still sitting here being. Lo- Actually, I haven't looked in a little bit. Does anyone know? Feel free to tweet me for listening to this after the po- podcast posted. Does anyone know? if... Is, is Jedi Survivor safe to buy on PC now? <laughs> is it is it okay to give them my money? Like I straight up like yeah. I have a friend I went to school with whose name is in the credits, and it and it pains me that I haven't purchased this game yet. <laughs> sure. Like, sure. And I loved the first one. So uh, I really want to play it. Um, but I want to play it on my new fancy PC with a freaking 4090. So now, now, like now comes the part where I'm,
0: I feel like I want to say what what should we get out of the way first? Should we get the dev part out of the way or should we get the we're not playing the early access part out of the way? Both are important information for the audience. Listening. Oh, for,
1: for where we're coming from on Diablo 4. Yes, uh, yes. important information for us. If you've never heard before, we both plan to play Diablo 4. We both like Diablo. Uh, we have developers that we would consider personal friends working on the game. Uh, and well, we're not paying for early access. Is that everything that I cover? All our bases, I, I
0: think you, you, yeah, you kind of like you kind of got it. Like, I morally, um, just uh. You underestimate my patience, company. Like, I'm not paying extra $20 to play the game early. It'll be the same game. and In fact, it'll be cleared out. It has a bunch of MMO mechanics. I don't want a bunch of people teabagging the king while I'm trying to talk to him. I like <laughs> I like entering MMOs and live service games pretty well after the fact. I like the early zone to be cleared out. I don't want to see a lot of people. Yeah, uh, Diablo, to me, is an intensely uh, mood experience that is very low-lit. Well, I got news for you. You're going to see a lot of people. I know, and I'm not, there's a lot about this, um, a lot about these 10 out of 10 reviews I'm very much uh, upset about. But we'll get to that in a moment. It, to the the to the developers who are our friends, I'm I'm intensely happy for them. And this is double-sided, right? So what happened is review copies went out into the world. They were a special key that didn't have the shop or other sort of in-game MMO event stuff tied to it. It was literally just the game without the other stuff the company puts on top of it. And by the merit of just the game, it earned five out of fives, 10 out of 10s. And the developers that we know that poured their blood, sweat, and tears into this game, that is so cool. That is being awarded a costume award on the most awful movie ever made. Like, that is awesome. That is so cool freaking rad. And I'm really, really happy for them. Now, of course, as a consumer, you then go about and say, that's a bait and switch. That's bad. How could you put out that review? They only gave them video footage to show what the shop was going to be like. We don't know. To me, Yosemite's beautiful. You put a billboard in it, it's trash. So I currently, having checked a number of streams, have not seen anything egregious about platinums and you just defeated Leoric. You deserve a bone set for 30% off. Like I haven't seen anything like that, but it does exist on top of this game in some regard.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we both talked about, we, we both hated how Immortal was constantly shoving shit in oh, your wait. face. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, we were talking about it on stream this week and I likened it to like late nineties, early two thousands, like turn of the millennia, dot uh, com pop up banner tactics where it's like in your face and it's using like f- weaponized FOMO verbiage like yeah. congrats to killing Leoric 50% off on the make someone a KFC Perth Bunder for only the next three minutes like it might as well be a blue screen with yellow text like call now one or easy payment of 1999 <laughs> like that's call how yeah. low brow it felt yeah um and it really uh it really annoyed me because i i remember you years ago when we were primarily covering blizzard when diablo mortal got announced i was defending it because i played it on the show floor at blizzcon i was like this feels like some diablo ass diablo just happens to be on a phone but you know what's not on the freaking show floor demo the store because it was almost four years before the game actually released also why would you have a store in your freaking floor demo this makes no sense it's like running on a private server um And so when it came out and it was like, in my opinion, more egregiously trying to get your money than my worst fears, Uh, I was like, okay, you've 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 uh, uh, you've stepped past my trust. This sucks. Uh, I think it's a pretty disingenuous product. There's other points now where I'm like, I don't think it was really made for an American audience, too. But stands. they released it here. They advertised it to me. I gave it an on a shake and it really disappointed me. I was well, not and, and, expecting but, to see those types of taxes in Diablo four. And I, so far again, from the outside looking in not paying for early access, I have not seen those tactics in Diablo four.
0: Right. And you know, a there, there are things that are going to upset me faster because of my isolation from advertising. For instance, I'm playing, you know, Luigi's mansion, no in-game purchases at all. But for some reason, when you go to the mad scientist to upgrade stuff or to buy things, it's shaped like a shopping cart. And I'm like, Gross shopping cart that's a that's a freemium looking icon i don't want to see that i don't i rarely absorb any ads so anytime i'm watching like hulu and it's like ooh bumping up the old new Kia coming. I'm like, this is gross. The, who the hell is this for? Also, touch screens in the car? You're going to crash. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I hate ads. They're manipulative. <laughs> they're weird. You know, Liberty, Liberty. And it's like, oh, I, I used all my money to buy a new rollerblades. And like, I get that you posed like the most ridiculous rocket rollerblade you could think of so that I would be like, you're dumb. I'm going to use that money for X. And now i played in your system and I'm thinking about how if I save
1: 20% on my insurance, I could also dab this wonderful life tech- if if you give us one dollar support our com, you get some pretty cool perks yes but
0: <laughs> like and tech ads are the worst because those are people being like oh so i see you're still backing up oh i see you still accept calls beep, beep, beep. oh i've already got like oh and oh my god streamer ads i have those ones i hate the most where like the DoorDash delivers the nuggets so the guy can keep gaming. And they're like, you got to get your game on, your game if you. I've never you know, seen this don't, ad. I've never don't miss it. a match. Oh, just go to Twitch and like open any channel and you'll see like uh, three a, in yeah, a row. There's
1: there's a there's the difference. There's do difference. I don't go to Twitch anymore. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, I hate him. Well, I was around Twitch yesterday because I wanted to see what the game was looking like for people enjoying it. And on that note, I don't think Diablo, and I think for a lot of part, like there are a lot of games that just don't look particularly good streamed. And I don't think Diablo is particularly my brand of stream business. It's grindy. It's gray. That's not a critique. I, I love Diablo too. Like I want it to be darker and more gray. But the visual feast of an eye is that you might have in another game isn't going to come through. So I never felt like I really saw much and I didn't understand what their build was. I didn't understand what I was seeing. I don't think the game is highly streamable in that regard. So I wasn't
1: I think it's your preference, right? Like, I'm the same. I agree with you. Diablo is a game that, as soon as I see it, I'm like, I'd rather be playing. I'd rather be yeah. playing right now than watching this. But uh, then there's games like Hearthstone. I really like playing and watching. It depends on the mood I'm in. Uh, and also, sometimes I'm watching with a purpose, like, oh, what deck is this? Or what battleground strategy are they employing since the patch? And I, I specifically go and watch certain streamers to learn.
0: That's uh, a good point. If I were to, if I was like, I want to play a bear druid with the something somethings I don't know about. And the talent trees, and their advertising full bear build. I would find more interest in that. And same thing with us in esports. When we watch a lot of esports, we wanted to see our StarCraft faction playing. We wanted to see our heroes yep. interacting on the field and
1: learn something. A lot of times, I just wanted to watch Marine Kings Marine Micro. But sure, yeah, yeah,
0: you know. But if you're invested. You're you're aware of kind of the ins and outs. Like when I see a orange and Diablo four, I don't really know what that is. I, I can't be excited about it. I don't know how much gold is gold when it falls on the ground is 300 a lot. <laughs> you know, so I have no perspective on Diablo for for that regard. Uh, if, on that note, actually, on that note, let's announce our guest next week because we're going to have a butt ton of perspective on
1: this. Very, oh, wait, program. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because oh. I added a question at the end of the show to bait this. So let me, oh, let me bring this question up. Let me bring this question ah. up. OK. <clears throat> Harry wrote in to our questions for the host channel in our discord, which is the members only section of the discord. When is the core host trifecta going to be completed with Bo guesting? The answer is next week. Next week. Bo will be joining us. uh, And Bo is currently playing the living crap out of Diablo four in early access. So he will have uh, had much more time with the game than we will have had. And we'll uh, be talking to him next week.
0: Yeah, Bo is going for the, uh, the first thousand people to reach level 100 challenge in hardcore mode. They have taken the week off of work and Bo will be here to tell us all about the massive amounts of Diablo. So we're going to have a hey, very much a
1: uh, group together.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it is it, going to be a deep dive on what the game actually is, because as we said, for, uh, for moral issues, for uh, own personal consumer habits, we are not participating yet in this endeavor. <laughs>
1: I just didn't want to like, I, I can't afford it. I just didn't want to spend it. Like
0: that's a That's a whole nother conversation that's being had around uh, this particular game, which I'm happy to get into.
1: Uh, uh, all right. Get, uh, let me finish my thought because okay. this isn't some big proclamation. It's just that I'm used to getting early access when I just pre-order, not pre-order and pay extra. Right. Like, that's it. That's it. That's the whole reason. I'm just like, mm, you should have just given this to me. I've, well, I, I'm going to say it. I feel entitled.
0: Well I, well, I mean, that's been a joke for a long, long time. I mean, I remember old uh, Yahtzee zero punctuation videos being like they begged us to spend $40 on their game and they were happy we played it for five years without giving them a dime. What's <laughs> wrong with developers these days? But like it, to me, like I don't need I don't know the game and I don't know if I'm going to like it. So why do I want a temptation mount? Why do I want a Hellborn carpus, like a carapace? Like I don't know what these things are to even desire them. Well, they're showing you them right there. In, in in these little tiny images, like okay, it's, I, it's a
1: pretty bad. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's a pretty bad way to sell to sell your uh, your extra you know goodies. You should show them in motion. Give me a little video. Make it like jazz it up a little bit. I'm giving you marketing notes. Diablo Four.
0: I mean, it, maybe maybe they do. Maybe there's another tab here that I should be going through. But I mean, we're all we also again are in front of a pretty heavy Final Fantasy 14 audience. A lot of them say they've already pre ordered Final Fantasy 16. So. There is no like hard cuts. It's all about your own personal choices and the companies you want to support and the ones you trust along the way. So right now, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And I mean, really, to me, the big turnoff is every review I watch, people are like, the story, forgettable. The end game's excellent. I'm like, well, that's not what I care about. I, want, I know this seems insane and you call me insane for it. But uh, Diablo to me is Diablo two. It's a story based game that I go a journey through. I enjoy the world building. I enjoy the atmosphere. To me, it's very much like Dark Souls, where the world building and atmosphere really leads the way. In my defense,
1: uh, I don't think you're insane for that. <laughs>
0: I just <laughs> yeah, don't. Good.
1: I just don't share the same value.
0: You don't value. Yes, and when uh, you you played Diablo three, right? You didn't play
1: two or one. I. I played a little bit of two. Didn't own it. Okay.
0: And one was very old. Uh, some people revere it as a deeply tactical experience. That is to say, if you love kiting, you'll like Diablo 1 because it's extremely dangerous. And that might not be your cup of tea. I think I, I loaded particularly...
1: Diablo 1 once and then never returned.
0: I don't particularly love kiting as a primary tactic, but I did really enjoy my time in Diablo 1. But I, de- I, I beat Diablo. I beat Mephisto, I beat Bale like, and then I quit. I play through Diablo every two years. Last night I was even having some FOMO. I was like, "Oh man, you know." Oh, I checked out all these streams. I was looking at the game, like, "Oh man, I do kind of want to play this." So I fired up Diablo two. I cleared the den of evil, got it out of my system, and went to bed. Like I was deeply satisfied by ah, oh, the stench of evil in this area. on My necromancer, <laughs> and that was it. Like I was like, ah, oh, that that was it. I did it. I, that was the nostalgia I was searching for. I don't need recreated nostalgia. In this house too, I am influenced by Kristen who is who purchased the Diablo 3 Collector's Edition and it is a regret of hers. Uh, she was very disappointed by that game and its storytelling. And she was deeply, deeply stoked in the Lilith cinematic. It was very cool. It was very dark, very adventure heavy. Lilith descended from on high, didn't even look at the cultist that summoned her. She was a badass. And then we see Lil kind of walking around, like touching people's faces and being very verbose. And to her, that was like, well, now that's the bait and switch she was commented on. Like that to her was like, oh, that's not the Lil if you sold me. I don't really care anymore. Yeah. I wanted to see the Terminator. I want to see a big,
1: badass lady owning people with not even looking at them. And instead, uh, just in the early uh, the beta that we played, uh, sh- her talking head is showing up and yapping constantly in like the first two hours. It, it you
0: know it, it that is a style. You know we've been sold that for a long time on Diablo three. There's all the various um you know scrolls you pick up. There's all the little things you can, That's all voice acted, which to a lot of people is great. Uh, to me, it you know it, coming from where I kind of enjoyed those games, to me, I enjoyed those games most when I was at my lowest, when I wanted games to be the most loud and immersive and like the most all-encompassing, so I couldn't think about the world or my life. Nowadays, I'm a lot calmer of an individual. I, you know, I also have kids, so like a moment of silence is kind of in. When things go quiet, you don't get up to much sometimes. And a nice, quiet kind of music just like completely ambient walking around like loot falls on the ground no one says anything no one's going ah oh, hero like it's nice to just shut up for a little bit and have a nice quiet game and diablo is a lot more loud than that for Diablo's mm. 4 yeah yeah more triple a but a lot of people like that's that's also an expectation of triple a like people expect constant noise constant cues constant effects in their triple a cuz that's what makes it bigger and better than journey or I an disagree. indie game I, I think that I think we are running into a number of interesting consumer issues and habits when you look at something like Diablo Four. But I, no, I uh, want to hear how you uh, disagree.
1: Well, I disagree by games like Last of Us and Red Dead Redemption, which are very understated in my opinion compared that's true. to what you're describing. And that's those, true. You those, know your
0: HBO experiences. They're
1: it, essentially yeah. It's prestige video games as much as you would use the term prestige television. Like that's how I. I see those. They're, they're much more understated. God of War could be that, but it's, it's still pretty shouty <laughs> and in your face. And, uh, Mimir never shuts the fuck up.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So, you know, if you're enjoying the, the exchanges too, it doesn't matter, right? Like Mimir and, uh, Kratos in God of War 2018, I loved Mimir in God of War Ragnarok. I still, I'm not really sure why we're talking so much. It's, Atreus's story, and it should have been named Atreus so far. I am beaten then. But that's kind of where my brain is there.
1: But it's an accurate representation.
0: So there, there are many different uh consumer conversations being had. Of course, the ethics of purchasing is always going to be a continued talk here, particularly with the scandals going on at Blizzard and all that sort of ongoing investigation biz. And we'll talk about the Kodak interview in a little bit here. But there's also, of course, the well, I can afford it kind of uh, you know argument going on right now. Is, well, if you can't if you can't afford the extra twenty bucks, then that's on you, and you shouldn't be complaining that they perform this tactics because I'm enjoying it, I can afford it, and that's I'm not s- exactly the best look for uh, it's our no, fellow video gamers.
1: It's not. No, it's it's interesting because I see that's I think I don't think, can't really think of any examples of me ever having ever seen that in video games. I see it in car communities constantly. Mm. Mm. constantly people ripping on other people for having the lower spec version of a vehicle.
0: Yeah. Or probably not like getting the top tier of some sort of thing. It's no different than like hardware for a computer. And the mm. same exact thing happens in video games. There are many people who have seen enough billboards become desensitized. And as I just mentioned last week, it's very hard to rock a action RPGs boat when it comes to ads because they just left Lost Ark like they have been through an absolute gauntlet of advertisements, battle passes, paid skins, and when something releases working and of value to their dollar that's a W. That's an S tier game release. That's that's the perfect game release. It couldn't be any better than this to them. So we need to it's it's almost like we have to think of that perspective when we're gauging something like Diablo it's very, very different than another type of game that you might play completely solo.
1: I remember the the long wait between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 because I remember I had friends that loved to and we were all kind of waiting for 3 and then I started really getting into Blizzard games and in the in-between and being like, oh damn, there's this whole other game that I haven't really had a, a serious experience with with Diablo, I can't wait for 3. And I remember trying a, a, a few action, uh, ARPGs, right? That's what everyone calls them. A few RPGs, the big one that I stuck with for a little while was Torchlight, um, which I think is a solid game. But uh, I think to me, for me and how much I enjoyed it, it paled in comparison to how much I enjoyed Diablo 3. Like it, it was not close. I have a lot of hours in Diablo 3. Um, but that's that's a game I really enjoyed. And I didn't have the preciousness coming into it with Diablo 2. Um, so the fact that the... The story really didn't do anything for me didn't bother me all that much because i got what i thought i wanted which was just the, like the the main gameplay loop i loved just getting loot and getting owned by harder and harder affixes like diablo 3 in my opinion did that really really well and i i really enjoyed it um so that's that's why i was like eh, whatever story's not that good story's not that good wow right now i'm moving on with my life because i like the gameplay Uh though it wasn't a, it wasn't a game I came to for the story in the first place. I would have been happy if it had a really good story. That would have been such a nice, you know, put it up over the top in quality, but boy, it was kind of a boring story. Although I will go to bad for reaper of souls. I think reaper of souls had a pretty cool narrative.
0: Yeah. Reaper of souls uh, did have a lot of amazing set pieces too. Like it was worth seeing reaper of souls, just like it's worth seeing legacy of the void for how they pushed the genre that's a very kind of buzzy term like ah they really push the genre to-. but there were some set pieces in reaper souls that were truly otherworldly at the time and i i will say the same thing about legacy boy terrible story very convoluted too astral but best strategy game i've ever played so far in terms yeah, yeah, of gameplay wise that
1: that campaign is awesome has some really cool ideas. Plays so well. It ends, you're like killing God. It goes full anime in a bad way. And I did not enjoy the story of Legacy of the Void, which stinks because I loved Wings of Liberty and Heart of the Swarm. Like those were two top tier stories, I think, told through an RTS setting.
0: Yeah. Well, in particular, Wings of Liberty is just so grounded, kind of, uh, well, Terran, right? As, it's, uh, it's very Starship Firefly. Troopers. It's extremely
1: yeah. Firefly Starship Troopers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, whereas uh, Hard Swarm goes way more Marvel, and I didn't enjoy it as much, but I still mm-hmm. just love the Zerg in general. Uh, hence the, you know, the big Tyranid Investigation, the Warhammer front. And another game that definitely has, like, are you going to paint? And you're like, well, yeah, I think painting's fun. Good. Get the airbrush, get the things, get the... Th- and then, oh, uh, and you're like, cool. All right, I, okay, airbrush. That sounds cool. Like, I'll give a little sheen and like, well, you got to get the box and you got to run the hose out the window and you got to have the fan and the compressor. And, and you're just like... Hold up now. What's all this? It, it
1: is a commitment. It is a yes. commitment.
0: And many people see playing a Blizzard game as a commitment. And, you know, uh, you may have heard, like, I remember this being a very kind of popular phrase, like, seven years ago. But what would happen if we put people's age on their Twitter's account? Like, when someone, you know, you, and it's, like, really, really out there. If you saw, you know, a 19 next to that, you might treat it differently than if it was, like, a 45 next to it, right? Like, people, <laughs> people sometimes want more information on the person they're talking to. And if we could do that in the Diablo 4 sphere, I think we'd see a lot of very interesting changes based on the way people talk. You have people who are just on the launcher. A lot of people playing Diablo, reviewing Diablo, talking about Diablo, have the Blizzard launcher and nothing else. Like they live and breathe Blizzard. And this to them is an expert launch and a perfect use of their time and dollar per hour. It is a hundred percent worth it to them. Which is really weird with like the price of eggs now. Like it's it's the dollar per hour things. They've kind gone of down, apart Kyle. They, they, I'm, I know. I'm happy to report
1: eggs have gone down.
0: It's a great example <laughs> we though. We need to right? find a new example. Yes, there needs to be a new, but you know, when like I, if I were to order out, you know, if I, I was going I was gonna go to my favorite curry restaurant tonight, you know, that's gonna cost me twenty-eight bucks. That's not bad, you know, curry for two people. Like that that's pretty solid. But if I were to buy a twenty-eight dollar game, that's definitely gonna last me longer than dinner. So <laughs> the whole the whole price per hour thing kind of doesn't really work for me anymore. Like it was. I don't did. like those analogy because you need
1: to eat. Like you yeah. have to freaking yeah. eat at some point. So I don't, I don't. Well, eating is a subscription
0: service and a live service game. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are you do- <laughs> What are you gonna do now, <laughs>
1: bastard? You are not wrong. But you are not like, wrong. I, I, one can't, thing- I can't wait to see I can't wait to see the next patch. I'm really I'm really curious that what they pulled with the with the 2020 patch was was that was that was a, a swing. I, I'm I'm curious to see what the next patch will look like.
0: Right, it's gonna be interesting, right? You know, and then you you every time you get an orange, you get one pizza point, and you turn that into Domino's bucks. And yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna go places. It's gonna be crazy. But you know, like something I've really noticed in the past and still very much a current thing is the anger of Reddit is often based on people who aren't currently playing the game being angry that they're not playing it right now. Like they're sitting. They're at work, they're at home, wherever they are, they're on their phones. They can't play the game right now, so they're taking out that anger on the game. I'm not talking about Diablo 4 necessarily here. This just happens in general. That, was a, that
1: was a big uh, pet theory of ours covering Heroes of the Storm. because It was it, right. was it was like, why are everyone's mad during the day, and then everyone's memeing or quiet at night. And it's like, because they're at work during the day, and they can't play, and so they're mad about being at work, and they're bringing those bad vibes into the Reddit. Yep. I don't know how true any of that is, but I buy it.
0: Well, and I mean, that was also a competitive game. So your evening can be decided by random chance. And of course, I mean, you know, if you suck that night, you're going to have a worse night. But, you know, sometimes you you'd leave your evening and you go, wow, those were five absolute trash matches. I'm in a horrible mood. And you took a risk with your evening there and you took it out on Reddit in the morning. So there's all kinds of factors. And one of them, of course, being uh, this, uh, well, I can afford to play a kind of thing going on right now which sits really oddly with me as we've kind of become more pro consumer over the past year with video games. It's not my job to understand why red ball fell. Like you were just supposed to put out a good game. Like I agree with a lot of those takes, but then you have the extreme side of it here with Diablo and well, I have the money and the price per hour. So you're just upset because you can't afford it. And that, that rubs me the wrong way. And I'm seeing no, that they're lot.
1: both They're I think they're both pretty reductive and, uh, that's what I'm looking. Hand wavy. I think both yeah. are. Um, I understand the, the former more than the latter. I think the latter is pretty snooty. Uh, not how I want to go li- live my life. Like, I don't, I don't know. But it's, we had a lot of rough launches so far this year. So I also yeah. kind of, I see where the, where the attitude's coming from. Like, I get it. I kind of feel the same way. Like at the end of the day, sometimes I just want a game. Like I'm a person too, damn it. I know I like talking about video games, but sometimes I don't want to have a hot take. Sometimes I just want to be mad. The game sucks. Uh, And other times I just want to be happy because the game's good. Um, And, and like the most, the game I was the most excited for this year was a Jedi survivor. And I still haven't played it because I heard the PC versions rough and that Bums me out, and I haven't gone any further. I don't feel like digging into it. I'm just waiting for an all-clear, and that's how I'm living my life with that game. I have a feeling Final Fantasy sixteen is going to surprise me and probably want to be one of my favorite games of the year, but, we well, uh, I don't know how true that is, actually. I have expectations now because I know the team, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm now into Final Fantasy, and I don't know.
0: I have zero expectations, but that's because I'm gonna disrespect the game when it comes out. I'm gonna run to the first objective. I'm gonna skip all the side quests until I care. I'm probably gonna get like a bad ending for my first chapter or something because I didn't talk to the lady at the shop for the thing. But the game doesn't yet have my respect. I, I'm looking forward to it. I respect the dev team. I respect purchasing it, but I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna like it or not. And there's a lot of unknowns there. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to me, well, I had a very my most look forward to game this year was Darkest Dungeon two which was kind of a weird, you asked for an Xbox and got a PlayStation experience. And, you know, it, it felt very spoiled. Like, oh, this is a great game. It's not what I wanted for my birthday, but it is
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting my brother Last of Us like back when it was still new and like being so excited for him to play it. He didn't like it at all.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I was like, so. because
1: yeah. to me, I'm like, there are a few games I'm as reverent about as the first last of us. And so it's like, it was like, I was giving somebody citizen Kane, like mm. this is important and, and given to you with love and expectation. And he was like, eh, I'm going to go back to playing Sonic. And I'm like, yeah, you wound me. You wound me. My brother,
0: <laughs> the old slash heart, you know, threw it at him, slash it right out of the air. Yeah. yeah. That, it happens 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, ours I've... in this house is, uh, is fifth element. Uh, I, I said, I sat Kristen down to watch Fifth Element. She was like, "This is awful."
1: <laughs> I was like, Oof. "Oh no!" Oof. I, don't, oh, I don't. I don't know if I can uh, if I can like Kristen anymore. After
0: that. it was overhyped for her. It's like you know, it'd take ten years plus of like here Ruby Rod memes. Like it, it just wasn't delivering what the promise was. But how I was did you find kind of,
1: this uh, someone who so similarly lets the weirdest things ruin things for them?
0: I know, right? It's almost like we agree on a lot of things. I'm like, that's a hot take and I don't agree with it, but I've got my own coming right at you. (laughs) Equal exchange. There's a lot of respect in your relationship.
1: Exactly. There may be a lot of disagreement, but there's also a lot of respect. She also got
0: through Bloodborne in like half the time I am. And it's just, it's it's, it's my poor
1: soul. (laughs) There'll be no living with her after this. (laughs) She's destroying that game and I've struggled Mm. the whole way. Mm. Well uh speaking of uh destroying games, you know Diablo 4 may be enjoying some uh positive buzz for the first time for anything out of Blizzard in quite some time. So wouldn't it be lovely if the CEO of Activision Blizzard gave just a completely wild batshit interview?
0: This is like uh I there are times in my life where uh, I feel like the peasantry and this is it. Like I feel like I should have never seen this article. I this is supposed to be like sitting on a table while you wait to move funds to your offshore account. But and it's it's Variety. It's not like
1: it's, it's Forbes or something.
0: I mean, Variety's a little snooty, right? Like they're, they're like Entertainment Tonight is like F-tier entertainment magazine was like B tier and varieties like S tier, right? Like they're they're the New Yorker of entertainment, entertainment tonight and is a
1: TV to... show, and the other two things you mentioned are magazines.
0: Well, yeah, well that,
1: that exactly, exactly. Like
0: that, that wasn't a classy affair. <laughs> There's nothing classy about Entertainment Tonight getting going there. But you know, sometimes I I I don't know Variety well. I went and looked around their website, and what I saw was a lot of kind of snooty, like rubbing elbows kind of articles. And that's 100% what this is. This is a, you may not know the name Body Kotick, but as a fellow millionaire and a Wall Street executive, you should know the name and think he's just the bee's knees. Dude,
1: there's so much of that going on in this piece. Um,
0: it's, it's, it's puff. It's fluff. It is
1: absolutely,
0: I don't it's, think it's I
1: don't think it's as puff as people have been, at least I've, in my circles, I've seen people talking about, them. I don't think it's as puff. I don't I don't think it is. I and think a one in one is,
0: conversation Kodak can be disarmingly funny and warm with a Mickey Rooney like air of can-do energy. I,
1: is that th- I think you let that shit fly cuz like who actually gets one-on-one time with this man and and gets to talk to him. His last interview like this was 2012. It's been more than a decade. Like I kind of want to know that because th- they let these answers fly in this interview and they're nuts like this is the kind of thing where I, this is to me I look at this and I go this is the type of art interview that you write and you put it out and this is the absolute type of interview that this man would think makes him look good but it doesn't it doesn't make him look good at all and you have a cat in front of you which is making this even more absurd <laughs> Kart knows
0: how to you know even out the room make sure things don't get too heated he's here He's here to just, you know, take it down a level, pet the cat, enjoy the fluff before we move on. No, I mean, savvy acquisitions, uh, buck the trends of opting for double and tripling down an upgrade. Like, it is a bizarrely written flattery piece that, like I said, I I don't think I should have ever read. I'm honestly shocked that this came out in a public publication. It seems like something that should be given to the elite sipping coffee
1: well, it's being absolutely eviscerated by every gaming outlet that is reporting on this interview. Yes. Uh, yes. Because, that, the, like I said, the answer stand. Yeah. There's there's flowery bits of verbiage in here that desc- describes the man Bobby Kotick and tries to make him appealing. To me, I look at it and I go, they're just trying to describe how he actually comes across. Cause I think a lot of us assume because of the memes and how angry we all are with the state of Activision blizzard, uh, that he actually talks like the devil, but they're trying <laughs> to give you an idea of what he actually freaking sounds like when having a conversation with the dude. I find that fascinating. Sure. Uh, I also find these answers extremely damning, like as they are. And that's what I said. I like, I look at this and I go, I think this is like perfect. Cause this is the type of thing that would absolutely get approved. And yet you can still read the answers and go, wow, this 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 man is uh, either uh, deluded or completely unaware of of how empty, hollow and not addressing the problems these answers sound
0: deeply out of touch. Yes. And when I play. When I play Planet Coaster. I don't really consider all the adoring fans that love my roller coaster that makes no money. I delete it, and I build a better one. That's the way he talks about life here, you know, trading money and people uh, freely. And it the math game of it is fascinatingly fun to him. And that makes it uh, dystopian in that regard.
1: Now, I... I... It's... <laughs> You, know, you you bring up like they talk to people that are on the Activision board. They talk generally about the attitude towards Kotick from Wall Street, and none of it really surprises me. Like, I don't think a lot of us have a pretty flowery opinion of what people who have succeeded on Wall Street are like. No, I think most of us assume it's pretty cutthroat that these are people that uh, kind of live their lives looking at everyone with a dollar sign over their head. And so again, it's like, yeah, maybe the way it was written seems flowery to me, but I'm like, yeah, but look where it's coming from. Like, I still, I still take that with the ma- massive grain of salt. That is the the modifier of who are giving this man compliments.
0: Well, and I, I do have to like my immediate bias is to kind of push back uh, against certain outlets and certain coverage of this because I grew up with buck teeth. Like, I'm six four. My teeth came out and they fit my six head, and I looked awful. So anytime I see anybody rip on his image, I'm a, I immediately dislike your outlet. And there's a lot of people doing that. Like, oh, okay. what I was wondering where the hell like. you were taking this. Yeah, there's a lot of people who want to make fun of how this man looks. And I am deeply offended by that. And I immediately dismiss your outlet if that is how you are going to go about covering this. There is merit in digging into what is said here, but I do have to say, like, I am, that's gone too far and it's really bothered me. Mm.
1: Now, I understand where it's coming from, but uh, yeah, I think you and I share a, a similar amount of, uh, we don't like bullying, no matter how in the right you may feel about said bullying.
0: Exactly, when you know, what we can b- battle with bullying, and it's like, well, uh, that's a bit of an you don't issue. Don't need but- to.
1: You can just print these answers. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all you that, need to that, do. Like,
0: look at the content of what's being said, such as completely dismissing the allegations about the toxic workforce, and then immediately going on to how you would have bought Time Warner. Warner, like it is, it is
1: deeply uh, distanced. I, I I started laughing in my office when I read his, I'm not against unions. I'm in one. Like he joined SAG to have a bit part in Moneyball. Once. Right. And like that's it. Like, I'm not against unions. Look, I'm in with like, come on now.
0: Well, come and also on. as an actor, joining a union can be a huge problem because then you can't do like local plays and build your career. So if Kotick was a small time actor, trying to make it in the world, that could have been his worst decision because then he could never have growth. He could only do the productions under that banner. And it's a, like I went to theater school. I, I've gone to you know a lot of film classes and stuff like that over the years. The internet came out, so I kind of changed my direction there it, rather than Hollywood. I went online and stuff like that. But there were like endless classes Talking about the right time to join that union, and so that, that particular comment. And well, my mom was a teacher, but uh, okay, you sure. Uh, what about the seed money that allowed you to buy these companies? Where did that all come from? Uh, there are parts of this where, like you know, they bring up his kids having death threats. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's awful. That is absolutely awful. Absolutely insane. It is a it's a roller coaster. Variety has uh, decided to print here.
1: 100 yeah yeah i read that too and uh, uh in our community we got some uh, brooklyn 99 fans in our community so the uh the, the phrase a cool motive still murder gets bounced around a lot i know you haven't seen brooklyn 99 no but i'm that's, not familiar uh, that's with one it. Of my favorite quotes from it and yeah that, that's kind of how i felt like yeah that, that no one thinks that's okay uh except i guess the people probably making them death threats but they're they have their own issues uh yes uh but it, it's just like okay yeah that's sad and i'm i'm sorry for your children you were doesn't erase the fact that you were still the head of a company with a lot of freaking issues.
0: Well, and you've got things like he's not only just a CEO who is brilliant in business. He respects the creative producer and the development, in all his different divisions. And he supports them to deliver the very best games. A lot of this flattery is like the most hands-off approach you can have. I'm over here. This is
1: where I get on the puff piece boat. This right here is all this stuff where he's like, he respects the creative process. Clearly not. Because Blizzard has been proven to be one of the bigger, like, underpaying freaking studios out there. It's why they're bleeding talent to other studios on top of other reasons. Like, it seems like it just hasn't been a particularly great place to work, uh, depending on the teams. Um,
0: well, but, And then the line about, like, how well, and it's tough because, you know, the, the the labor market's so rough these days. You know, you have to pay people to make things. It's really, it's really quite sad for the company's bottom line. Uh, and i mean really variety is writing in this like he's got such such dollars cash and that instantly makes me go who is this for like <laughs> who, who said they're going ah yes cash i respect this man so much more now
1: listen i i ch- i chase money too <laughs> like i get it i want money i i i'm i'm not against it i'll admit it i take jobs cuz they pay well but um, yeah, I don't. This is on another level. This is there's not that many people that it, that exist that can identify with the level of income that Bobby Kodak is at. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm with you. Like this does this does feel like it was written for for Wall Street bros and not not many other people. But again, the the answers live on. The answers are they're they're direct quotes and they they, they it it's. To me, it instantly reads like someone just trying to ignore every single piece of criticism levied at Activision Blizzard King.
0: Absolutely. But uh, to me, this is very much like he's coming up on the end, right? 2024 is kind of when he's going to excuse himself. Supposedly,
1: that's when his current contract is going through. Like, clearly, everything is... Nothing's set in stone, right? No one knows for sure what the plan is. But from the outside looking in, it sure as hell looks like he really, really, really wants to get this Microsoft acquisition pushed through and leave, right? Like it kind of seems like that uh, would be a lovely exit for him. Uh, and I think a lot of us sitting on the outside would be like, no, we would really like these losses to go to fruition. And maybe you actually have to suffer some sort of consequence.
0: Yes. This to me uh, is written as a resume. Like this is, hey, I'm leaving everybody, all my new best friends. What do you got for me? because I am going to be open on the market available to be your CEO at some point, And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be moving up in the world. You see, so you want me as your CEO. It really does
1: <laughs> and, talk about his successes. Uh,
0: yes. And it, he'll probably go on to become a CEO of something completely on gaming related, like an airline or something like that. I mean, we've seen plenty of, plenty of acquisitions come into the blizzard sphere that come from completely outside the video game sphere. And I think that's why people, you know, revere, Maybe wrongfully in some cases, but people like Phil Spencer, they get very excited hearing that, you know, he stayed up too late playing video games once or twice. And that that gets, you know, people really like or the the, the wow guy that's always tweeting uh, people. You know, the wow people seem to really like the wow guy. Yeah, uh, Yabara, Yabara. People are really, oh, the, the, Twitter likes uh, Yabara. Do,
1: do they? Because his more recent comments about not moving up from QA landed him in some hot water.
0: Well, sure, on the journalistic side of things. That, see, and that's where we find perhaps the the biggest heartbreak in this whole thing is that we're not able to, as, I was going to say gamers, right? <laughs> we're not able to properly control a message or mobilize to change this product pipeline. There are companies that have had to take things back, had to change dramatically what they were doing. A recent example is that Magic the Gathering thing. I don't know much about it, to be perfectly honest, but they printed a bunch of illegal cards or cards that were too powerful and sold them for a $1,000 a box. The Magic the Gathering company went nuts, and Wizard backed off that particular line. Is the way I heard it. You may have been around for episode 20 or so where I actually kind of lost it on... Wizards of the Coast and their plans for Dungeons and Dragons because that is a message that a community can control and can organize around. And we were mad about the licensing going on there that was going to stifle all creativity. we were going to own everything ever made in Dungeons and Dragons. We were able to enact change. Gaming isn't like that. It has TV ads. It has a console that just pops up. It has a launcher there. There are so, so many people. I mean, just think about the last time you heard somebody say, why can't people play X game? It's because people don't participate in communities. People don't watch YouTube videos. The massive amount of people who play video games are not participating in communities and online spheres. So we find ourselves frustratingly and constantly in gaming, trying to change things, but we feel like we have no power. And this Variety article. Perhaps the biggest injury to me it does is it says that's 100% correct. Here's a man who's never even heard your woes. Doesn't even think about them. Shows off a motion capture sphere as though it's a new toy. He doesn't understand, but he gets someone else to explain it. And how cool is that moving on? And in a city of dreams that so many of us grew up to thinking Hollywood. yeah. You know, I think the Hollywood illusion was broken pretty early. We've all had a lot of movies about like how bad how predatory Hollywood is. But gaming was held on a pedestal for so long. We had colleges develop for it, special academies to move people in that industry. And then we saw just again and again how it is this mill that is just destroying people and taking their livelihood and, you know, taking their youth in a sense, their life force with long hours and uh, lack of pay. And that—that's the—that's the damage I see in this variety article. Is I just feel thoroughly disheartened to do anything or make any sort of pledge to stop this, to join in an effort to stop loot boxes or whatever it may be NFTs, because
1: someone well, we, like Bobby's just not going to hear. Overwatch Overwatch had to invent reasons to come out with two <laughs> to stop loot boxes, and that—that that
0: went to like federal because of gambling and other things like that, right? Like that—that yeah. that managed to breakthrough. But when it comes to like an individual game or sphere of being like, don't do this, don't release this. It seems very rare that we can have that kind of impact. Yeah. And it entirely depends on the leadership. with you.
1: I don't think anything you just said is untrue, but I also look at this at this interview and I see a man, I think who's, who's a little shook and like, doesn't, I agree. Doesn't know how to handle employees asking for competitive wages. And I think I, I, as a whole, I look at the industry and I think it is getting better because like people are having public talks about how much they're making. We know that Riot is way overpaying on Blizzard. Now, Riot has their own issues, but it seems to be at... The, I don't, I, this sounds kind of hand-wavy. I don't want it to be, but it, like at least unfair pay isn't one of those issues mm-hmm. because it has been for so long uh, at a lot of studios, Blizzard being one of them. And the more that folks, uh, the developers actually working on these games the people who are directly affected... By these bad actors, speak up and actually talk to one another and get answers that their companies don't want them to get. The better things get, it starts moving the needle. And so I, I like this. This is like Codex is going to be gone before Activision Blizzard actually has to reconcile with this, with it, before their their pay actually catches up with the rest of the industry. And I think I think that's coming across here. I I see a man who is taking like picking up his ball and going home because he doesn't know how to live with the, what I see is a pretty small move on the needle, but a move on the needle nonetheless.
0: Did the dramatic shift of, uh, of you should be happy to have this job To Can I have a paying job? I'm sure it was a bit of a shock
1: <laughs>
0: a, bit, a bit of a shock to the uh, the yes, executives
1: because well, it turns out if you have some games under your belt, you're probably valuable you're probably actually kind of good at what you do and maybe they yeah. should want to keep you and for all and that runs out at a certain point and it ran out of Blizzard
0: now to a part I did find interesting in this uh, the quote, In his view, the real threat is U.S. firms fall behind not only China's Tencent, ByteDance and Alibaba, but also Japan's Sony and Nintendo as leaders and innovators in the AI, streaming and mobile technologies needed to power the next generation of immersive video games. Now, hang on, hang on, remove the AI part of that for a hot moment. It is interesting that in his view that other other monopolies are developing, that the U.S. market won't be prepared to handle unless his beautiful merger goes through. That's a view into his psyche.
1: It is in the, line with the narrative that Microsoft has been pushing. Right. It's it certainly... I don't think they've been talking about AI as much. And Isn't somewhere in this article... Too, I, it's been a bit since I poured over the whole thing. I, I scanned it again this morning. But isn't there anything in here where he was talking about how it's going to be great when AI can just, like, generate games? I'm just thinking... This is the same article where they said this man respects creatives. Like, what what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah, that is such a it's
0: such a twisted uh, thought process in my mind because, you know, I want to interact with the AI shopkeep. In the MMO of the future, I want to walk up and be like, hey, how's it going? And they'd be like, well, hello, friend. I'm an actual uh, living, breathing being. Would you like to order more apples today? What did like you bought yesterday? And I'd be like, well, sure, AI being, that's really fun. And they're like, excellent. Would you like to get married to the AI thing? I'm like, not today, Mr. Shopkeep, but that sounds excellent for somebody else. I'm moving on now. And like the It always really bummed me that MMOs are less of a amusement park. I expected when I saw things like uh, World of Warcraft coming down the pipeline that someone would get inside, you know, Lord Cathedarius and like pilot him to go attack Stormguard. Like that seemed like a thing you should be able to do in an MMO, much like Mickey Mouse walks around the park and is a real person inside there. So that kind of like that future, you know, that it interests me to have that. AI-driven character inside the game that no human will be logged in all 24 hours to to use. But you're absolutely right, of course, on the other end of like, now you're talking about people as capital and now you're dismissing their possible contributions, their own livelihood as something that can be recreated by a computer. And that's twisted.
1: Well said. Well, I was amused. (laughs) <laughs> that's my takeaway
0: i think i i'm also slightly influenced by the fact that i use the listen to this article now <laughs> feature when i um yeah yeah it was right there you know oh. dyslexia I, I saw the button i was like oh hell yeah um read it to me but the ai voice came on and said everything like this bobby Kotick breaks his silence embattled activision ceo oh, oh, it's and it kind of okay. made it it kind of made it more dystopian in that way. I think I think it added an edge to it that was extra jarring. It sounds like, fitting to me. I haven't I haven't really I don't really go to CNN or you know news articles like that uh, unless I'm like checking out what Twitter's vaguely talking about <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Well, so they I'm
1: usually not... have their actual news clip in video form up at the top.
0: Yes, yes, and and sometimes the websites actually have someone read it to you. This was an AI or a, you know a, a text speech kind of generator doing it for mm. me but it may have it may have uh full disclosure may have uh, influenced my view on this particular subject
1: well we're gonna do text to speech right now with some q a where i read your text
0: <laughs> hello, there. hello there hello there
1: you can send your emails to feedback at start or if you're supporting us on patreon or on the youtube membership you have access to the Members only channels drop us a question in the questions for the host channel. That's where everything today came from, starting with midnight who wants to break us out of our blizzard rut. Kyle mm. wants mm. to know what show or movie do we think looks great is just a feast for the eyes, but is arbitrarily terrible. Otherwise, <laughs> what is something you think is trash, but you just love looking at it? Heavy metal, the eighties, uh, eighties uh, 80s? 80s cartoon. Okay that's uh, a good when, answer that's a good although i think it's actually pretty ugly
0: <laughs> but i know is, you like
1: the way it looks so well
0: i don't like i don't like any still it's like street fighter the new street fighter i hate all the still images from it but seeing it in motion it's fascinating like an overdeveloped calf is really freaky and that like calf? cell
1: shade look yeah oh like you're calf, talking about like, like a muscle like, as opposed yeah, like to like a muscle uh, yeah i thought talking yeah, about you know, like a baby got, cow
0: no, no, they got like their, their leg up and like their foot is there, but it's like oddly warped and shadowed and the whole thing's kind of weird. But it, there's something like in motion about it that I find very interesting.
1: Oh shit, Rings of Power is a good answer from Chad. Multiple people saying <laughs> poor Whoa, Rings
0: of Power. Rings of Power is an excellent answer. Poor Rings
1: of Power. I feel so yeah. bad for literally everyone that worked on that show except for the scriptwriters. <laughs> good example. My brain immediately goes to Prometheus. I don't think it's utter trash. I think it is. I think it is one of the most brain dead scripts I have ever seen committed to film.
0: I don't think I'm capable of properly deducing it because the scene is so uncomfortable. The scene? The scene. Well, yeah, you know, with the thing coming out of the, the giant tentacle gives birth to it kind of thing. Like, that's
1: just that's just messed up i mean that but that's that's my answer like it looks great I think it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen, and it is it is truly dumb
0: i mean I just didn't have any fun like like there are that, that, that's why I say like heavy metal or um man I, that, there are a lot of movies that like I often sit around here. And I'm like, oh, huh, I, I play games for the story. You know, like uh, Diablo 2 aficionado here. But then I love things with just like trash stories sometimes.
1: I think it's really strange. Uh, like, I, I, like and, and this isn't judging. I, I, I want to admit that I don't understand uh, people that say they only play games for the story. I'm, I'm like, I play some games for the story. I play some games for the gameplay. Like, do you just never play a puzzle game? Because then yeah. you're pretty much limited to Portal. Like, there's, there's very the, the, the swath of puzzle games that also have narrative is, is pretty low.
0: No, I, Yeah, and I would definitely say that I'm uh, developing a better description of it. And you've kind of helped me find the word, word world building. Mm. And I've been using Mood a lot recently. And trying to be, like, unironic about it. But Atmosphere. Like, I love atmospheric games. And I love, like, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Is it a perfect production? No. Is it pretty? Yes. (laughs) Does the story make sense? Kind of. But like, it's just a mood. It's just, it's just such a atmospheric production. And so that's why, you know, like a Blade Runner, you know, the Blade Runner you love, like that is deeply atmospheric, but also quite disturbing. And so I didn't have any fun.
1: Mm, I have words. I love every, that's. That to me is like nearly a perfect movie. I think it has a, a, a phenomenal script, great acting. And I think the effects still hold up. I still think the original Blade Runner is one of the most beautiful movies ever shot. I'm talking about the new, 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 one. Oh, the new, new, it, new, new, new the 20, yeah, yeah, what is yeah. it? 2049. Yeah. They're making another one. I heard they're making a single for okay. that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Like I, I don't mind the universe. I don't
0: mind exploring it.
1: I, I really enjoyed the one with, um, uh, Mick, who's Mick handsome, Mr. Mick handsome. Ryan Gosling.
0: I really, oh, enjoyed you, know, one. you know, you know, it was probably one of the weirdest experiences was the not the Indominus Rex. It was the Indominus Raptor, the the one that suddenly became like a good horror movie for five minutes.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, Jurassic World, all the Jurassic worlds, I think, are good examples. They look pretty good. There's a few scenes that are like obnoxiously CG for my taste. I think Jurassic Park should look grounded. And there's times where I think the Jurassic World movies do not look grounded.
0: Well, it's like it, you started the whole thing with like the crow and I'm just like the crow CGI. This is quite the,
1: <laughs> yeah, is quite the foot forward it, you're quite putting on forward. me. Dude, the beginning of the second one's fantastic, though, that that rain scene where they're they're trying to like get the shit from underwater. But there's a the it, guy above that looked like yeah. classic Jurassic Park. It's so but they're those scripts are are junk yeah. Like, who wrote that? Like, like, literally, see, like, I'm wondering, I'm like, are we just now getting access to AI? We're, have AI been writing scripts and it was the last three Jurassic World movies? Like,
0: I mean, man, well, it, it, essentially, yes. I mean, what is an AI but an aggregate source of many, many different writing styles, opinions, and whatnot. And that's what those movies are. They've they've changed too many hands. There's no clear direction anymore. And they made the most, like, to me, one of the greatest offenders will always be one of my favorite movies Dark Crystal, also kind of a not uh, excellent story, but I love the visuals. I love the atmosphere. But an executive went back and put internal dialogue in because they were concerned people weren't going to know what the puppet was thinking to himself. His whole family just died and he's sitting by the water. Why do you think he looks sad? I know he's a puppet. You might be a little confused, but just like (laughs) find some context. (laughs) This isn't a confusing moment that you have to be like, I just got a crystal, but what do I do with it? That's your whole mission. That's the whole point. You're going on a quest. This doesn't need clarification. Mm. Mm. I love dark crystal. I really do.
1: Mm. Oh, the only only one I would think of, and I haven't rewatched it because I thought it was so profoundly dumb, but I think, uh, uh, sums this up, this question up pretty well. Sucker punch. I think that's a really pretty movie, but boy, howdy, is it dumb? Is that the one with the skirts? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's the, the, uh, what's his name? Dude would, uh, used to do DC. That's uh, Yeah. I know. I know why I didn't see this. Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder. Uh, it's, it's such a cool looking movie. Like Zack Snyder gets a lot of shit from me. Um, I don't frankly. <laughs> I he's don't think aware he of it too. should be allowed anywhere near a script. I think he's a great action director. I think he's got a wonderful eye. I think he really knows how to direct action. Um I think he's a pretty rough scriptwriter. Mm. But uh damn is I mean, that movie some, pretty. Yeah, there's some cool shots in it, I
0: guess. Like oh, this, this thing is wild. I What was the um Uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Like it's very purposefully gray, and that was a very odd. That was everything that was
1: aping Sin City and Three Hundred. That was like post Sin City Three Hundred. We were all trying to do our highly stylized uh, retro futurism look.
0: I love Three Hundred though. Oh, I I do too, and I love love Sin City. I love both of those movies.
1: (laughs) I I don't think I've I've remembered. uh, that's the only time I think I've ever really like been in an audience that was like hyped for action. Like um, my, my 300 experience. I remember going to the theater. It was, it was release day for, for 300. I was still in art school at the time. So we were all stoked. We're like edgy graphic novels, getting what looks to be a faithful retelling and movie. Like the whole art, the whole illustration class, like let's go to the movies and we sit down and it's a pack theater. And before the, the previews even started, cause we were there that early. Someone was like, Point a, a laser pen at the at the screen like like a laser pointer, mm-hmm. and they were doing it for a while. And this just jack dude stands up like dead center of the audience and goes, "Does anyone else want to beat that guy's fucking ass right now?" <laughs> you never saw that red laser again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, that was one of the really fun things about the height of Marvel movies. You know, approaching Endgame, right? Was just like the amount of workout bros in the audience mm. and there they wasn't were a lot. so geeking. They there were geeking so hard,
1: but the dude was built for the energy he was putting off yeah. into the room. And it's uh, not, you know, that's not a, I would never yell that in a crowd, but I did find it pretty damn funny. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, 300 was a hell of a thing. Anyway, those are my answers. Uh, keeping with the movie theme, we had another movie okay. question. I figured, well, since I'm pulling this one, let's pull this one too. Feld wants to know what kind of movie would we want to be featured in? you could be featured in a movie, Kyle, what kind of movie would you want to be in?
0: Oh, I would totally, um, um, who did Lord of the Rings? Who's, um, Peter
1: Jackson, Peter Jackson. I, Peter yeah, Jackson movie? I,
0: I'd, I'd give myself Peter Jackson rules because that's so DM to like be the guy who burps as you walk by the hobbits <laughs> or like just a hot moment as this like hideous pirate captain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you want to be the, the green grass guy from Mandalorian season three?
0: But I want to like you know, like I, I have my fingers deep in the pie like I'm I'm very important in the sphere I, I I've made the movie I directed it but my part is absolute crap and completely useless like that that's mm. that's ideal that's ideal to me. I
1: ge- I, Chat saying I give them clerks vibes. I mean it's basically what we're doing here. We, like the only thing we're not doing is standing in a convenience store while we have our uselessly nerdy <laughs> conversations. Yeah, but uh, I I respect I'm I respect that I respect I take that as a compliment. A lot lines memorized. <laughs> I started watching, um, you know, a, f- a few months ago, Kyle, someone said that we look like two other people on the internet uh, that do a very famous series called Good Mythical Morning. And I was completely unaware of that before. Somehow. I have, it now seems silly because these two dudes are so famous and so successful. Uh, I've now been consuming their content because it turns out they're very good at what they do. And it's probably a reason they're so successful. Hmm. They, have a sh- they have a show on their side channel called... Uh, well, actually, it's, it's not them hosting. It's the person that runs their kitchen. Uh, they do last meals where they have a guest on and they make them what they would want for their last meals. And so I've been thinking about I've been thinking about things a lot lately. I've been kind of existential about it because the, in these interviews, they talk a lot about legacy and like, you know, what kind of life do you want to live? Um, it's phenomenal programming, by the way. I cannot say enough of good things about this. I love I love finding new ways to do interview formats. And this one's fantastic. Um but because of that, I've been getting rather existential. And uh, this is a long way of saying that the clerks thing I'm taking as a compliment, because I think all I ever really wanted to do was be weird. And I think I've succeeded.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's basically what I requested. Some really weird role that is atmospheric mm. and uh, or, or that are or like, you know, some sort of like really wild gremlin quest giver. If I could have that. Like really chewing the scene, ooh, yeah, jumping around. Maybe if I was in an that, animated flick,
1: I would love to be in a, a Fast and the Furious movie when it was still about cars. Put me in a car movie. <laughs> Put me in Gone 60 Seconds with Nick Cage. Put me in uh, 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 first three uh, Fast and the Furious movies when they're still about cars. Damn it, mm-hmm. I want to be the chief like Fast Two, man. It's freaking Florida shit. It's such a cheesy. It's such a legitimately bad movie. Let me be in there with like cargo shorts on in the background at a a Miami gas station. Like, let's go. Fast 3 is Tokyo Drift? Fast 3 is Tokyo Drift, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Once we got, Fast 4 is still pretty much about cars, but Fast 4, I don't really like Fast 4. It's kind of boring. 5 is amazing, but that's where they flip the switch. 5 is the point where Fast and Furious became a ridiculous Avengers-style action film.
0: That's the one where they robbed the bank with a helicopter or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, It
1: is arguably the best Fast and the Furious movie, in my opinion. Even though I have a lot more love for the first three, but it's a good movie. I'd love to be in a car movie, Gran Turismo movie. Mm. Mm. I wish I was car famous so I could have a reason to be in that movie, Kyle. I wish.
0: Would you be ludicrous? I feel like
1: you'd want to be ludicrous. I mean, you. Everybody wants to be the the cool (laughs) character, right? (laughs) The problem is like everyone's cool. Yeah. (laughs) the guy they tried to have replace Paul Walker, the audience hated so much. They basically rewrote his character as a loser, though.
0: Oh, oh,
1: it's uh, Clint Eastwood's son, I believe.
0: Oh, that's rough.
1: He was pretty awful, in my opinion, <laughs> in the movie nah. where it was, it was Fast date and he's so he's the cool cop character, the cool young cop character, which was basically the archetype that Paul Walker represented. And they, they were so, to me, very obviously trying to fill the Paul Walker void. And none of us had it. And well, that reminds
0: me of uh, Shia LaBeouf picking up the Indiana Jones hat, and the whole yeah. audience oh, is like, "Everyone nope! just being like, get out nope! of here! That is no not way. what we're doing. This is not the plan."
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the the last two Fast movies, that char- that character still shows up, and he's basically just a punching bag for the other characters. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's kind of it's kind of hilarious. I hope he's painful. I'm sure he's a wonderful. I'm sure he's a perfectly fine dude.
0: I was just looking up Ludacris last night. I was like, oh, man, I I remember really liking Ludacris. Let me stack him on Spotify. Not a single non-explicit song on here. You cannot listen to Ludacris with kids around. No, no, but there's like not even like the kids' Bob version. I mean, not that there would be, but, you know, like a radio version, right, where it's like edited like Spotify or Ludacris himself was like. Don't bother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's pointless. So much of it would be would be would be freaking muted. I, I remember because yeah. my parents only bought me albums from Walmart growing up. I had the edited Marshall Mathers LP, and one of the tracks they just didn't put on the album. Like there was just there was no saving it. There was just it was too horrible to try and make a clean cut of. Yeah. Um. They replaced it with a different song, which I thought was odd. When I finally got my non-censored version of the album, I'm like, wait, but this track just isn't on the album. Anyway. Well, that's the top of the show, like the
0: explainer for the top of the show with uh, Rejected. I was uh, like last night because I was thinking about Diablo 4 and I was looking at the time period of Diablo 3 and it sent me down this rabbit hole. And I listened to a bunch of Thomas the Tank Engine remixes like it, kids were in bed. I should have gone to bed, but I just I just for some reason went down this rabbit hole, of like watching old like Anonymous videos. If you remember any of those, like really weird uh, no. team fortress uh, animation set to that. music.
1: I, I, I was, I liked red versus blue. Uh, uh, there was a really dumb halo jokey type video called RB and chief, which was done with an, an action mm, I, figure of yep. master chief and arbiter. Um, that I was really into, <sighs> I was a Homestar runner kid. That was kind of before all this. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's Homestar yeah, runner. No, I get it.
1: I get you, man. AMV hell. I bring that up every once in a while. And people are like, I thought you didn't like anime. I'm like, no, no, I just had a long break from anime. <laughs> I used to be a total weeb. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Ludicrous is Katie and my go-to. Uh, we still have two hours left on the drive, but we're really tired and we need, we need energy. And so the radio goes mm. up and Spotify gets set to Ludicrous. That's, yep.
0: Uh, that's a glory heart hammer freedom call for me.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up, Kyle, with some right. wish fulfillment. Okay. Suna wants to know if we could afford to travel anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? As hmm. in the world, and I know earlier in the episode you said you'd move to Mars, so Mars is off the <laughs> table, sadly, Kyle.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally would have done that. You know, now I'm in a very different phase of my life, but I totally would have done it when I was younger if given the opportunity. I, I mean, I would love to do, like, a cruise of the Mediterranean, Because I am quite introverted. And the idea of having a home that moves with you and like a home base that you can kind of relax into is very seductive.
1: Uh, Having, uh, yeah, something you can rely on as everything else changes around you.
0: Yeah, the home base, right? But still getting to explore that history and kind of follow the path of, uh, you know, all the Roman ruins and stuff like that. Mm. Egypt was on the list for very long. You know, your goal, like you go to the library, all the Egypt books are gold and they're just covered in like awesome flashy stuff. So your kid mind just goes, I Oh my God. But you know, when I actually see like footage of what the tourist experience looks like, it's, it's not something I really want to do anymore.
1: Yeah. Every time I see it too, it's, it looks a little on rails. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've mentioned before, Japan's at the top of Katie and my list and we, we are sure. seriously looking into going next year. Um, We've got some miles saved up from uh, this wonderful thing called COVID that happened. We just didn't mm-hmm. fly anywhere for a while. So I think we have enough for one free ticket it means we have to pay for the other, but I mean, that's still a hell of a discount. So it's been on, it's, it's at the top of the list. Katie and I have many times talk about, okay, where, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Cause like, I don't, I don't want to be one of those people that doesn't, doesn't get out. But up until this point in my life, I have been, I haven't been out of the States. The only place i have i've been out been to that's not the united states is uh, various caribbean places because as you mentioned cruises they're really easy to hop on and off of if you live in florida i'm sure they have these last minute deals that seem completely insane unless you live one hour from a cruise port so it's uh that's that's the only time i've been out of the states so yeah i want to go to japan i want to go to new zealand i want to go to australia all the all the you know the classics. Katie and I also both really want to do a great white shark cage experience. Um <laughs> awesome. that's very high on our list. That's like a bucket list thing for us. Um I grew up scuba diving. Uh Katie wants to get certified, but uh, you don't you don't free dive with great whites. <laughs> so, I'm sure
0: I'm sure that's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to do Japan as well. It's something that I would want to invest the proper time into, like learn Japanese. I I do it I got A's in college in Japanese, but, you know, that is not conversational. That is a test-worthy memorization, and I would love to actually be able to navigate myself through uh, that particular tour. Otherwise, I just love fjords. I would totally, I, I like, more, more Alaska, more fjord action in Europe, like, any of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I wanna, there, there, there's two big trips I want to do for cars, which is uh, Europe and Japan. Like I want to, I want to spend a lot of time there, rent some fun cars, actually go driving on the roads. Like Japan, I want to do some mountains. I want to go out to the countryside. I don't want it to just be Tokyo. So in my head, I've always been like, if I go, I'm doing like one week just for Tokyo and then another week for exploring. Um, cause I'm like, if I'm going to get all the way out there, I'm going to take my time.
0: Uh, that, that's the thing about japan right like the mediterranean kind of thing it would be like stop go stop go you yo, see, see the pillars see the pillars you know the olympus whatever you know the, the, the temple of zeus go, go, moving on moving on like it'd be a great gauntlet in the photos but japan would be something i want to actually like live and breathe a little bit and actually kind of enjoy yeah those aspects yeah
1: tokyo no car and i just want to go to all the bars like mm. it's where my cocktail obsession hails from Japan was doing it right when we were still making a fruit salad for an old fashioned over here. Um, so I definitely want to do some drinking over there. But uh, have I ever, ever told you about how much I want to go to Germany and drive the Nürburgring? The Nürburgring? It's like, I don't know if it's the biggest, most turns racetrack in the world, but I think it is. <laughs> it's massive. Uh, and, and you can go drive it. To my understanding, it's basically handled like a toll road as long as there's not an official race happening there.
0: I've seen, yeah, I've seen the outline of this before, even with very little knowledge of cars and stuff. I am aware of the squiggle, the kind of, uh, fried chicken looking shape it is that this thing
1: makes impossibly big for a racetrack. Um, and uh-huh. there's, there's entire businesses in Germany that just rent cars for you to go take on the Nürburgring. So that's, uh, that's also on the list. Really want to do that. Interesting. Yeah. And then I hear, uh, any driving in mountains in and around Switzerland is supposed to be a life-changing experience. So there's, I have a lot of travel that is spe- specifically drive a car related. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in chat saying, yeah, you can get on there with a rental car or your own. Yes. I've seen the rental car fails. Yeah. Katie and I love watching their fails. The crashes are spectacular. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's really narrow. Like, really freaking narrow it's wild now so, yeah a lot of places i want to go i better get going because i'm not getting any younger
0: and you could be oh well, that's what the cruises are for right that's uh,
1: <laughs> yeah but i like cruises me, now you know is...
0: put on your new balances and head out the door old man you got it excuse me You'll sir I wear, I,
1: excuse me i wear nikes but not the cool ones i wear the nike the comfy running <laughs> nikes <laughs> Oh uh, hell! Uh, these are some fun questions to uh, to to give us a palate cleanser after that Kotick interview. Thank you all yes. for writing in. Keep them coming. Uh, you can email us, or if you are supporting us either through the Patreon or the YouTube, we have that dedicated channel where you can send us questions. Uh, we we try and get to at least three a week. Sometimes our episodes go long. And we cut them a little short, so we get a little back back catalog there, and we usually save the Final Fantasy fourteen questions for bonus dedicated Final Fantasy. Q&A segments. So that's going to do it for this episode. Speaking of our uh, backers, thank you so much to our wonderful patrons supporting us and our YouTube members. If you want to, Ooh, Ooh, Kyle, Kyle, were you expecting to be sadder and having a sore throat today? And you just wanted to bring me some joy. Cause this is filling me with life. Yeah. No, Oh, there it is. Uh, I was about to say maybe, maybe a little, Oh, yeah, we were, just, we were just digging yeah. it. We were just we're digging in. it. Now we're, we're bringing it down,
0: it. so we can get back back to thank yous.
1: Well, if you want to support us, check out supportourbromance.com. It'll take you directly to our Patreon. And to our recent patrons, Ultra Talon and Andy Tuix. Thank you very much for signing up. Thank you. We appreciate it. And, of course, we want to thank our legendary level backers, Sean B., Mike R., Stephen J., Das, Cheesy Bob, and Sean with an E-A-B. Appreciate it, everybody. Other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at Garrett Art. Kyle's at Kyle Ferguson. And we have a joint account at Garrett and Kyle. Other than just follow us on YouTube. Really, just go to YouTube.com yeah, slash A-Move TV. Search for Grinding Gear on YouTube. That's our channel. We do the podcast there. We do our weekly streams there. We have a weekly video there. Just recorded a new one for you. We're editing it as we speak. That'll be dropping next Wednesday. Final Fantasy fourteen fans are probably going to dig it yeah that's gonna wrap it up for this edition of the Grinding gear podcast until next week when bo schwartz from the core podcast will be guesting with us gg take care bring that music back <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.